Welcome, Rinkrights, to Season 3, Episode 4 of the-rink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, and your time. And, as always, we are brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com. It's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines. I know today I just saw an email come out. They released uh, a new Exodus line with Exodus goalie mask uh, themed stuff. They've been doing a lot of goalie mask themed stuff, which is you know near and dear to my heart. So uh, go over there, check it out. Uh, throw some rink wear in the card as well. Use your discount code the rink. That's uh, T H E R I N K to get ten percent off of all of your orders. And I believe they're still running that uh, special that if you get over a hundred dollars worth of stuff, uh, you get free shipping and probably a gift as well, like a special puck hockey T-shirt. So head over there, check that stuff out, and uh, as always, you know, support uh, puck hockey and the rink. So anyway. Today is Wednesday, November 6, 2019. I am your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machine as Puck and Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's Hefe, man. And I'm joined by my co-host, partner in crime. He's back, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. I could not be more enthused to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> And also here with our boy, John Jekyll, we have someone who you may have noticed in the Blackhawks Twitterverse over the years. Uh, I'm sh- I think he's been on probably longer than I have um, <clears throat> in the Twitterverse. Um, you might know him as Stash Esquire on Twitter or Stash ESQ. Um, it, Chris Demi from, it used to write it, uh, I think, you, did you write there at uh, Cheer the Anthem? Yeah, for a short bit. Uh, Back in the day, back when uh, things were a little bit sunnier uh, on the rink. Uh, Yeah, back in the day, I used to write there at Cheer the Anthem. Yeah. Um, But then things got a little little crazy, so I had to kind of step back from that. Too much going on at once. Yeah, real life stuff, you know, that uh, that kills you. We get it. We get it. Yeah, so you've been, uh, you know, we we correspond back and forth all the time, and you're kind of on the same page with all of us, and... um, I figured now would be a good time to get you on, and uh, you could voice your opinions as well as, as we can with the uh, the Blackhawks and what's going on with the uh, the organization. So, for the people who aren't really super familiar, or maybe not follow you on Twitter or whatever, you know, just listen to us and don't even have Twitter. Kind of give give the fans kind of a little bit of a little background of uh, you know how you've been involved with the Blackhawks and your uh, you know the, the Twitter account and all that other stuff. Oh uh, yeah, sure. So, um, long story short, uh, I've been a Hawks fan since the, uh, mid nineties, a little bit later, uh, l- later joining the fandom. Um, I used to live out in Connecticut and I was a, a Whalers fan. I got into hockey watching the, uh, mighty ducks movie. I guess, uh, that kind of ages me a little bit younger than you guys maybe, but, um, grew up, uh, watching the Whalers and, uh, we moved over to Chicago and, Got into the Hawks, you know, saw the very end of the uh, Ronick and Chelios uh, years with Eddie. Um, and, you know, those were great and things went downhill real fast. Uh, and then 2010 came and, you know, things were things were starting to look up. Um, the Hawks were finally, you know, making playoff runs and um, looked like they had a promising squad going together. And I was talking with my a couple of my buds and. Um, you know, we thought, you know, Joe Plumwell has got, he's got some great facial hair, you know, we, we, we ought to honor this thing and, uh, put it on the internet, you know? Um, so 
Yeah, more or less. We went on Facebook, just created like a satire page, uh, pretending to be Joe Quimble's mustache. And um, it kind of took off. Uh, it became less of a satire page and more of a page where, you know, people can kind of follow game threads and, uh, you know, discuss uh, ongoing events with the club. Uh, and it kind of blossomed into a community of like 41. I think we're just about 41,000 now. Um wow. And yeah, it, I mean it's it's still um, it's still kicking even with uh, the last uh, couple years being kind of you know on the decline. Uh, and then along the way, you know, created a Twitter and met all you lovely folks and you know the uh, the greater Chicago Blackhawks uh, hockey Twitter community. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit of my background uh, and how the page started and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's craziness how like the the mustache page just uh, blew up the way it did. Yeah, I mean it was wild because it, it truly wasn't meant to be like a, like a, a gimmick or like a big community or anything. It was pretty much an inside joke between a couple of my friends, and you know we 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 would post and I would start posting like predictions about uh, like who would score goals. Like I, I predicted a Marion Hosa goal followed by Duncan Keith goal, like pretty much back to back in the, in the playoffs back in 2010. And people were like, Oh my God, this, this is the all knowing stash, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just kind of grew from there uh, organically. And that was fine. Yeah. But, then- you know, it was, that was never what it was supposed to be about and still isn't what it is about. You yeah, know, people hang out. That's cool. You know. Yeah, but I'm not going to get bent out of shape if people don't want to hear what I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> I know how that goes, and John knows how that goes too, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, well, we don't want to, you know, belabor too much uh, today. We don't want to take too much people's time, but um, you know, there's a lot going on in Blackhawks land, and it's not good. None of it's really that good. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the state of the organization a little bit, but t- to start things off. Um, I'm just a little bit of the updated news because we haven't really, you know, uh, done a podcast in a little bit of a little bit of a while or a little bit of a while. Jeez. Ugh, that's the cold Jeez, medicine. Yeah, the, the cold medicine is just making my brain foggy. But um, right before we get into the Blackhawks stuff, I, we have we have a big announcement here at the rink. Uh, we have started a the rink Colorado division. Uh, we're very proud. Our boy Aaron Goldschmidt, who was doing. Um, most of our NCAA stuff. He lives in Denver. I've mentioned that several times. He's got, uh, you know, some writers that he, you know, has been friends with for a while. And we offered them, you know, we said, hey, you guys are out there. You're covering the team. Uh, they def- they regularly go out and uh, uh, cover Denver University as well. They're uh, big time. And, and you've seen all the Ian Mitchell content that we've, uh, and that's all due to uh, Aaron and, uh, his work, yeah. his hard work out there. Basically, if Ian Mitchell goes to the bathroom for a long time, Aaron knows about it and writes about it. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen the scene in uh, Ace Ventura where they follow a guy into the bathroom, that's Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're very excited. The Rink, Colo- or the Rink Colorado, uh, we're going to start bringing you Avalanche material, not on the podcast. If we're going to do a podcast, we might do a separate podcast to not mix drinks, per se. Um, or cross the streams, as they say. Yeah, or cross the streams. Uh, that's a good Ghostbusters reference, too, even though... Yes, it is, my yeah. friend. Um, 
But you probably don't want to scare away all the Avs fans with all the depression and uh, negativity either, right? <laughs> well, we did have we did have an instance last year where we pissed off all where Aaron pissed off all the Avs fans because he said he said you know what would be a crazy idea if they traded you know Patrick Kane to the Avs and you know for a bunch of you know draft picks and things like that or whatever and it just caught it blew up and just caused a whole bunch of heartache for Aaron. Poor Aaron. He learned his lesson on that one, but we love Aaron and he does a great job and he's going to kind of head up that division out there. So if you go over to Twitter, you follow the rink Colorado, it's all together, the rink Colorado. And, uh, there's actually a, uh, Instagram page too. It's the underscore rink underscore Colorado. That's uh JJ Seward. He's one of our other writers, but he takes a lot of pictures at Denver and stuff. So he's going to be providing content there. So go follow those accounts. Uh, we're really proud to be, you know, opening up our second division. Um, it's going to be, you know, a little slow getting started because it's only two people and you can only do so much work in one day. But uh, we're going to roll with this and uh, we're really excited because as the rink is growing, Colorado is actually growing with with their team. So we're going to kind of yep. try and grow with them. Yep. So, we're so, excited about it. Yeah, very, very. And uh, the, the plan is, you know, we may expand more, too. So um, we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens in the future. But there's, uh, there's another one that's sort of in the works. It's just been uh, it's been a challenge to get any traction going on that. Uh, we were hoping to roll that out this year, but it may, it may end up being next year. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Yeah. So, all right, back to the Blackhawks. So um, this, uh, actually, since we recorded, they uh, – traded Brendan Perlini to Detroit for former uh, Chicago Steel Clark Cup champ Alec Regula. He's a, uh, he's a big defenseman, over 200 pounds, like 6'3". Um, looks like, uh, you know, uh, not as much of a puck-moving guy, but still in the puck-moving puck uh, mold. Um, we don't know what we're going to get from him, but Brendan Perlini wasn't going to play in Chicago, so... You know, if you get anything out of this. And, and apparently, Regula, he was, you know, far down on the depth chart because they had so many defensemen ahead of him. So he wasn't really going to get a chance there. Perlini wasn't really going to get a chance in Chicago. So, I mean, uh, to get anything out of that, I mean, he was a throw into the, the Schmaltz deal anyway. So, yeah. Um, but one thing I'll say about that is that Regula played at London, um, where I'm sure the Hawks had a very regular presence and, and a lot of contact with the coaching staff because that's where the great Adam Boquist was last year. So they probably know quite a bit about him. And, uh, you know, you're exactly right, though. I mean, you know, Brendan Perlini was the, – the Brendan Perlini era was basically over. So anything you get for him, if, if you know, Regula get, gets a sniff of the NHL or ends up being a – a halfway decent, you know, or even reserve NHL player, it's kind of a win in that regard. So, yeah, the 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 claim to fame for Brendan Perlini was he had a hat trick on my birthday. So, yeah, <laughs> that's I, I will always remember that part of uh, the Christian, or I mean the uh, Christian, geez, the Brendan Perlini era in uh, Chicago. Yeah. Not the Christian Demi Both era. The glory days. Hey, don't <laughs> insult me, my friend. <laughs> I'm not some Detroit scum. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. So um, we'll talk about, I think we're going to talk about the Brent Seabrook thing a little later, but Adam Bolquist was recalled the other uh, two couple games ago. He scored a goal in his first game. We'll talk about that. Um, but today, uh, Dennis Gilbert was sent back down to Rockford. Um 
which is a team that's kind of at this point in time on an opposite trend of what the Blackhawks are doing. Rockford is actually uh, doing really well. They beat uh, Toronto today during the day in a, in a, in a rare daytime game, uh, gave uh, Toronto their first regulation loss in the AHL. So that's really good for them. And uh, so, you know, at least Rockford's playing well, uh, not so much for, uh, you know, the Blackhawks, but uh, you know, that's, that's that uh, with, with, uh, with the actual moves that happened. Uh, we're going to, you know, basically the Blackhawks are going to have to make some moves in the near future because of the, the state they're in, but we're going to, that's a little foreshadowing. We're going to talk about a little later. I'm just going to actually read off the Blackhawks stats. We'll go to a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little more. So the Blackhawks right now, they're four, seven and three. They have 11 points. Um, they're sixth in the central division, 28th overall. I mean, that really tells you a lot of what, you, you know, so if you're if you're wondering how that is, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> the goal differential has no gone bueno. down. Yeah, the goal differential has gone down to a negative eleven. Their faceoff percentage actually went up a little bit. Uh, they're still at forty nine point two, so it's under the fifty percent mark. Um, their PK went actually up a little bit, but um, they're still they're at eighty percent and they're nineteenth in the league. Their power play uh, actually did the percentage actually went up a little bit. Um, but they're still 28th in the league on the power play, you know, all hailed the great Gus, right? <laughs> you know, I think it's very funny. <laughs> what are you saying? If, if there's, you know, we should get the uh, a sound clip from Goodfellas where Ray Liotta's uh, laughing in the, uh, in the bar with Joe Pesci. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, but, you know, I think it's fair to say, though, that there is kind of one bright spot so far in this season, and that's the play of Robin Leonard. Yeah. Uh, so we can, you know, we can talk about that later. But all is not lost as far as as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff that needs to be worked on. Yeah. Uh, goals four, they're last in the league, 33. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> goals against, though, they're right in the middle at 43, which is pretty good considering they don't score any goals. Uh, shots against per game, they're last in the league, 35.6, which is worse than last year. So they're, you know, they're, they have not improved with uh, Jer- the great Jeremy Colleton's uh, uh, infamous system. Uh, their possession numbers, they're 28th in uh, shots, total shots, uh, unblocked shots, which is Fenwick, uh, 29th. Uh, their high danger save percentage, pretty good. They're up four spots at 84.48%. And fourth in the league in five-on-five five, uh, save percentage at 93.4. And that's, like you said, due to the great uh, Robin Lehner. So, uh, we're not being facetious there. We we really – we're fans. Yeah. The guy's just awesome. He's he, he's he's a hockey player, man. He, yeah. He's an incredible goalie and – Frankly, they were really lucky to get him for the year because, uh, you know, God knows where they'd be if they didn't have him. Yeah, can you uh, imagine Corey Crawford? Corey Crawford? Yeah, Corey Crawford, is, uh, you know, facing this many shots every game um, would not be good, you know. And Corey Crawford was a great goalie, but, you know, he's not he's not what he used to be. And, uh, you know, him facing 36 shots a game is not a good thing. I was – you know, kind of talking today, I was on with the, the Sean and the Maya in the morning, uh, you know, all about the, the Robin Lehner thing and how, how good they, how good Robin Lehner has actually been. And, uh, so, uh, 
you know, they're going to have to do something with, with Robin Lanner. Um, right like now, what's that? Like re-sign him. Yeah. Like well, the end. They can't re-sign him until after the first of the year, and I and uh, you know I've been under the impression all along that um, what there's kind of a contract in a drawer somewhere. I think so too. Yeah, so. that was promised to Laner um, because you know it, it, just signing a one-year deal it was just weird. There's you don't just you're not going to plan on letting a guy like that walk. I mean, unless right. everything fell, you know, the house fell down around him. Um, which it kind of is, but you know he's actually the only thing still standing. Right. You don't uh, you don't let a guy like that walk, and especially I when think, I suspect it was because there was some delicate politics surrounding the Crawford situation. I also think too that it's quite possible that you know Leonard still being somewhat early in sobriety that they may wanted to see him get another year under his belt and and feel feel good about because you know they're going to let if if slash when they extend him which is probably more more likely when it, it's going to be a pretty significant outlay of cash in years. I mean, he's 28 years old. This should be the biggest contract of his career. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think that, I think the way that they've handled it, if, if we're reading the tea leaves, tea leaves correctly, um, it, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. And certainly he's, he is proving the whole theory, right. With how he's playing. And, and frankly, also, I mean, just listen to his comments in the post game, et cetera. I mean, he sets a really good tone. He's, there's there's a leadership quality there, I think. And and uh, not again, nothing against Corey Crawford. We love him. He's been a great goalie for the team. But I think every time he plays now, it's becoming more and more apparent that he's not what he once was, and he is. It's just not going to be recaptured. You can't turn a a pickle back into a cucumber. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I think so. I it, it's it seems like you know the, the at least in net for the foreseeable future. Again, assuming that they are going to to keep Leonard around, um, that's one good thing that's going on. You've got the the you know the young players. We can argue till the cows come home whether they are truly ready to be in the NHL dock in Boquist, but um, you know there's some encouraging stuff there on the horizon. But uh, yeah, the rest of it's a mess. Yeah. I'm glad you guys brought that up because that, you know, that's something that I've been kind of uh, toying with in my head for uh, since they signed Leonard that, you know, about the short term deal and how much of that was, uh, you know, concern about his history with substance abuse and how much of it was them, you know, kind of using the white glove treatment um, as far as Crawford goes and, you know, not wanting to burn any bridges or hurt his feelings uh, um, and kind of, you know, let him know officially or unofficially rather that, you know, his time here is pretty much up by giving Leonard a long deal to start off with. Um, but yeah, I guess that's where we are right now. They're going to have to have that uncomfortable conversation uh, sooner rather than later, because um, it looks pretty clear what the future of the uh, the club is. If, uh, if Leonard does in fact want to stick around, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they're going to have to, because what, what are your alternatives if, you know, if Lanner isn't resigned, you have Lanner walk, you have Crawford walk, and then, and again, I mentioned this earlier today, you have Calendelia, who I love, but he's not ready to face 36 shots every single night for the Chicago Blackhawks. That would be a disaster. Uh, you know, he would just, it's it just overload. It's like drinking from a fire hose to, to, so to have to do that. Here's what's interesting about this because, you know, perhaps there is no, you know, secret agreement in a drawer and, there may be some determination on Leonard's part whether he wants to stick around. 
that may force their hand as far as Colleton or other moves right now um, in terms of getting the season turned around. Because, I mean, you think we, we think it's tough now. If they're still playing this way two, three months from now, it's going to, I mean, this is going to be like the Batan death march. I mean, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. And, and, you know, so you, so this is, you know, this could be a really interesting dynamic in terms of, you know, cause it's interesting when we go back to when they, they relieved Q and they signed Colleton, there was some scuttlebutt out there that they had done so because they were worried about the Kings coming in and hiring Colleton for their job. And that's the reason they pulled the trigger on Q and Colleton so quickly. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know if that was actually the case. Um, and in hindsight, it may not, it may look like it would have been crazy for the Kings to hire Colleton. My thing about Colleton is, um, you know, he may end up being a really good NHL coach someday, but he was dealt a really difficult hand with this team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, you know, that's good foreshadowing. That. That's good foreshadowing. <laughs> let's foreshadowing. take it. Yeah. Let's take a good break. Let's take a quick break. We'll pay some bills. We'll come back and we'll discuss the whole state of the franchise and then we'll get out of here for the night. So here we go. Right now is the only time of year when all four major sports are going on at the same time. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, and more. That's not all. NCAA football, MMA, even esports. What better way to get into all the games than heading over to mybookie.ag? We have teamed up with MyBookie this October and November to give you this great offer. Sign up at mybookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Even though the Blackhawks' homestand is over, there are still plenty of home games this month and into December. Games against Toronto, Carolina, Colorado, and Tampa are coming up quickly. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the events you want to go to. If you're on a budget, you can sort by price, or you can look for your favorite seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program called Vivid Seats Rewards that allows fans to earn credit back. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, welcome back. Uh, John did a good bit of foreshadowing with the, uh, right the Colleton thing. But, um, I mean, in Blackhawks land, if you don't hear it or you haven't read it, I mean, there's so much going on with the unhappiness of the fans, uh, with the way the team's playing. Um, it seems as though Jeremy Colleton is in over his head, it doesn't seem like his system, uh, you know, is taking very well. Um, but I don't think it's all necessarily his fault either. I honestly think, and we've said this for years, John, that we think it's from McDonough on down that there are problems. There's delusions. There's denial. There's a lot going on there. They've lucked out on and several things, uh, like you know, getting Strom when they did. But mm. you know, now look at what Strom's doing. He's kind of coming to back down to earth and. Another thing I mentioned today was last year, that team was kind of a, a mirage. 
they, uh, you know, you had Kane, you have Taze, you have Saad, you had uh, uh, Gustafson, uh, you had all these players, and Debrinkit, all having career years, all in the same year. Yeah. Which then made the team look a lot better. I didn't think, we didn't think that they, they were a playoff team, and they weren't. No. And, uh, and even the, 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 uh, the power play. Everyone said the power play was so great. They had a wonderful power play last year. If you break it down, six, they had six good weeks. Before that, they were bad, and after that, they were bad. They had six good weeks, and they finished the season at league average. Right. And um, so, you know, you really have to take the perception of what happened last year and break it down and look at it realistically, and that's really what happened. They they had a hot couple of weeks, or six weeks, or whatever, a month and a half, and uh, which brought them back sort of into playoff contention, but they were really never going to do anything. They were not that good. They were not that deep of a team. And unfortunately this summer when they made all these moves, I thought the, you know, bringing in some defensive type defensemen was going to help this team. You know, it, it wasn't all puck moving defensemen. They were going to have a, you know, a nicer mix, but it just hasn't worked out. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that um, Mata and, um, uh, Don have necessarily been horrible. It's just it's just not gelling. And you know the other thing is, and I, I'm going to be the old the grumpy old guy who's who who's you know bursting balloons of, of the uh, the prospects. But last night, and it's just one game, but still there's 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 a reason I say this, and there's a rationale behind this. Doc Nylander and Bofus were collective minus five. And the and you know at the bottom of the teams plus minus now yeah there's a lot of things that go into plus minus and it you know that it may not tell an accurate story however the truth of the matter is is that a lot of playing in the NHL is is not just what you do with the puck on your blade but it's also what you do away from the puck and just you know those those little things that that distinguish you know an NHL player and making it and make a you know a true you know, three zone NHL player and the Hawks are carrying a lot of very young players. And, you know, it, it can be argued that that's why they hired Colleton because they felt like based upon his experience in Rockford, that he had the ability to, to bring along young players. Um, and that may be true, but um, you know, at the same time, you've got the other half of the roster are these guys well into their thirties making gazillions of dollars with, with several Stanley cup rings you know, some of whom are older than Colleton and all these guys have accomplished more in hockey than Colleton ever did. And I, I just feel like it, the team is schizophrenic um, and it has an identity crisis and this is nothing new. I think this has been going back a while. They, they're not really contending. They're not really rebuilding. They're kind of trying to do both and it keeps failing. And that, that's infuriating to me as a fan. And, and, I you know I think it's I think I do think it comes from McDonough Gate I think I think it's it's about well we've got all this money tied up in these guys and we've got to keep the corporate sponsors happy and we'll keep you know pumping the bullshit about one goal or whatever it is um, you know whatever the slogan is this year um, and and you know keep hoping that we can keep enough people in seats while we wait for these young guys to come along and it, it's what it's not working and it's and uh, you know it, it, they're going backward this year. Yeah, Chris. yeah, I got, I got to think that I got to think that you're right, and that you know they, they're 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 kind of keeping the band together, so to speak, uh, yep. to kind of keep the seats, uh, the the people in the seats and the the tickets pouring in, 
because uh, you know they were they were the hottest ticket in town for so many years. But uh, um, you know, the, either that or the the other alternative is that they're really stupid because there. I mean, there's no other explanation. It's one or the other. Uh, but either way, it's it's you know it's pretty crappy to be a fan and to kind of swallow that pill. Yeah. So from a business standpoint, they're lucky the Bulls are sucking because and if the, the Bears. Bulls were, were resurging. I guarantee you, you'd see a pretty significant exodus of corporate dollars and some fans over the Bulls because that's what happened back in 2007. The other way. Yeah. Well, you you and the Bears too because you know like the Bears were the big thing last. Last winter, uh, you know, the resurgence and all that and the Trubisky and all that, that Trubisky guy. And uh, <laughs> they, they've, they you know, kind of failed this year, too. So but if they were, you know, any if they were good at all, uh, you might you might see some issues here in Chicago with, you know, with the Blackhawks and, and their attendance. Fortunately, it's a bunch of bad teams. People are kind of still going because there's nothing else to do. But um, if you know, yeah, if, I mean, Sox, Sox fans are yelling at their GM, saying that they're in you know a perpetual yeah. rebuild. The the Cubs are letting go of uh, you know Madden, and that rubs some people the wrong way. There's a lot to be pissed off at if you're a Chicago sports fan right now. I mean, it's like just dumpster fire after dumpster fire. But yeah. you know, it's funny. It's funny, Chris, that you bring up the the Sox. I'm a Sox fan. And, yeah, I'm as impatient as anybody with this decade-long rebuild. But you know what? At least the Sox have been honest with their fans that they are rebuilding. Um, I'm sorry. You know, when you start plugging in an 18-year-old second-line center and a 19-year-old defenseman and then, you know, a a young, uh, you know, right wing or on your – or left wing on your – in your top lines all at the same time, I mean, those are the moves of of a rebuilding team. You know, hiring a 32-year-old AHL coach. I mean, they just are. They're, they're the moves of a rebuilding team, and yet they're still trying to, you know, convince people that this core can still compete. And the evidence keeps, you know, the, even in spite of career years last year by a lot of these guys, didn't make the playoffs. And the the way it started this year, it sure as hell looks like they're not getting anywhere near the playoffs. So I just, you know, and this is classic John McDonough. He's a classic snake oil salesman. You know, and, and he builds all this hype, et cetera, et cetera. Just be honest. Just be honest that, that you're rebuilding and stop this. this. And then because then that's going to force people to say, well, then maybe you need to start dealing some of these veteran contracts. And that's not going to be easy. But but yeah, because they, they put the no movement clauses yeah. on all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they handcuff themselves in the and only way that they that? can get out of the mess. Right. right. This aggression will not stand, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> that's the only thing we can do. We can get very dude about this. Yeah, um, pretty much. So disappointment, yeah. anger, um, the Blackhawks games. I, I don't want to, you know, talk about them too much, but there was, you know, a lot that happened since we recorded last. They lost to Carolina and Nashville. They were shut out in both games. Uh, they they beat the Kings 5-1, to one, which everyone for two days thought, Oh, well, the Blackhawks are fixed and they're back again, but that's not the case. Um, yeah, I was there. At least I got to enjoy them win a game. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, <laughs> but then they lost in overtime to the Kings later on, they beat Anaheim in overtime, but Anaheim's a bad team. The Kings are a bad team. San Jose last night. I mean, this is the latest thing that pissed everybody off and it aggravated me. I finally had enough. And Chris, you brought this up 
uh, you know, it's been, it's been all over Twitter, but Chris, you brought this up in the pre-chat. Today is the one-year anniversary of them firing Joe Quenville and bringing in Jeremy Colleton. And where are we a year later? We're actually worse, worse off than they were a year ago when they let Q go. Now, on the on the, on the other hand, um, what would Q have brought this team this year? Maybe a win, maybe two. It, they don't. It, they're still not a playoff contender with Joel Quenville, but they'd be in better shape probably. Um, but last night was just for me. I had had it. Um, you know, it's a late game out on the West Coast. Everyone stays up late. To, you know, the, the diehard fans, I should say, stay up late to watch this game, and they come right out and they look terrible. They only had eight shots in the first two periods on net, which is that's just brutal. That's like. Uh, that's like if they were to play an AHL team, a bad AHL team. Uh, they were outshot twenty six to eight in two periods. Uh, they were down two nothing. The they they kind of came back in the third and, and threw you know grabbed a couple goals, but the, really the game was never that close. Um, they just looked bad. Um, and just you know some examples of like you know where you shake your head or, and you don't understand what's going on. Like the second power play they had out there. When, when the second goal was given up, it was a shorthanded goal. They had Kubalik and uh, Bokvist out there on the point. Now, I I, I like Bo, uh, Kubalik on the point. I think he's got a good shot. That's what he played over in Europe. But you can't have another rookie out there with him. Two rookies who have like less than 20 games worth of you know NHL experience between them, both playing the point on the power play, the second power play. They end up giving up right way to uh, Vander Kane, and he ends up scoring you know, shorthanded which they didn't have any real wind in their sails at that point in time anyway, but still I'm like, it, it's just, it's strange to me. Some of these decisions that are going on and Jeremy Colleton is kind of losing me. I mean, I, I, I kind of wrote with, when they hired him, I'm like, don't be mad at Jeremy Colleton because they fired Joe Quenville. It's not his fault. He's going to come in and just give him a chance. Give him a chance. Well, I've given him 12 months and I'm not necessarily really impressed with what's happened uh, since then. I'm, I've defended this guy so much. Uh, I mean, since day one, you know, I, I, if, if anyone had a right to be pissed about Quenville leaving and getting fired, <laughs> it's it's the guy who runs the, the Facebook page for his friggin' mustache, man. Uh, yeah. but, you know, I understand changes needed to be made. That's fine. I, I mean, I've, I've stuck by Calden so long and, and, you know, I defended him from all the meatballs in the comments, my friend, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's lost the room or what it is. Cause I mean, you look at the roster, like you said, and it, it, it is pretty much, you know, the same squad as last year. And uh, I mean, all, th- all things say they should be somewhat better, but you know, everyone had a career years under him and, you know, things were going, things were going well, but I mean, you look at the offensive numbers. Their goal for, goal four is just abysmal. Last in the NHL, I think uh, goals per game is like second or third to last. It's just atrocious. I mean, it's not just the defense; they can't get the offense going. I mean, something's wrong. Whether it's the system that's wrong, whether it's it's the players not buying into the system, just something is off. And I, I, you know, it's just it's just mind boggling, man. I, I I'm with you guys. I can't I can't. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna go off the rails here, but I I, I can't really support it anymore. It's just it, at times it's unwatchable. Yeah. Sir, one more outburst, I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my girlfriend. <laughs> yep, yep, uh, very much so. Uh, so, go ahead, John. Uh, it's 
You know, it's interesting. So I was saw on the Twitters that uh, there was a, an article getting floated around that Jay Zawoski wrote today about what the Hawks should do. And he's like, you know, re- fire Carlton, replace him with Mark Crawford, um, both of which would not surprise me. And frankly, I would be eh, open minded about it. I, and I, I think it would almost be a mercy killing for Carlton and, you know, allow him to, to serve as, as somebody's assistant in the NHL or go back to the AHL, keep refining his craft. He has a lot of time to grow into an NHL head coaching job. And frankly, the Hawks could even possibly reassign him. Um, and as our organizations often do when they replace head coaches, they reassign them and those guys will come back. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it would be the end of Jerry Col- Jeremy Colton's career by any means. Um, and again, he, I think he's been saddled with a really tough hand to play from day one. Um, but then the other suggestion was to put Bowman on notice. And that's right. I kind of I kind of la- had to laugh a little bit at it because uh, what's the point of that? I mean, no, you don't replace a GM in the middle of the season unless like he's engaged in something really bad and you got to get rid of him right away, like almost on a personal basis. But um, it, it just, you know, if they're not if they're not thinking about replacing Bowman at year's end and who is the correct architect for the next 10 years of the franchise to bring in. I mean, that's, that's what you should be thinking about and putting him on notice doesn't even matter. It's like, you're either going to get rid of him or you're, or you're not. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what putting him on notice would accomplish And So that part of the article, I didn't really understand. And, you know, uh, Chris, you may not have, have be aware of this, but Gate, I know we've talked about it. I think we've talked about it on the ringcast. I, was talking to a um, uh, player personnel um, uh, executive from another NHL franchise last fall. And, you know, he asked me, he said, you know, who's who, who, what team do you follow? And I said, Chicago. And he said, yeah, you know, they, they're at least another two, three years away and they probably need a change in management. Um, and this is a guy who has his name on a Stanley Cup. So it's not some, some bozo. Um, and I think that, you know, the the problem is, is that this this management and including John McDonough, they still have a foot back in, in 2010. You know, they're 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 still holding on to these old dreams and, and the, the the players that the old dreams were built on. And I get you're right. You know, Chris, they have these no these no movement clauses. And I think part of the reason they don't want to confront that is they don't want to take responsibility for giving Brent Seabrook seven million dollars a year and a no movement clause. And the guy's a healthy scratch most of the time. But, you know, this is this is what it comes down to is, is this this management has to start being honest with the fans and start getting serious about rebuilding this team because it's going effing nowhere right now. And this has been going on for three or four years. This isn't like new. Yeah, this has gotten worse. Yeah, well, I think there'd be a, a lot fewer people calling for Bowen's head if they were honest about it being a you know yeah. a, a rebuild or time yeah. for a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But if you're going to lie to everybody about it, then they're going to get mad because you know we're not we're not rebuilding. We're we're right back in it. We're going to be you know cup contenders this year, and then they're not, and this is what happens. So yeah, it's almost like they're not lying. They're just putting this shit out there. And they're, you know, putting putting some marketing spin on, you know, and they're they're doing all these promotions now to sell tickets, which they never had to do before. But they're not really they're not really saying anything. I mean, Bowman, oh yes, we plan on making the playoffs this year, and you know, it's it's like, come on, man. I mean, to me, to me, they're literally a team trying to rebuild around an aging, crumbling core with too much money tied up in it. 
And they're hoping that the fans will keep buying tickets and coming and and, and buying all the, the marketing BS in the meantime. This is going to take a while. It's probably, you know, thank God. That, you know, one thing that's great about them sucking is they'll get another high draft pick probably. Yeah. Because they, they're going to need it. Well, I mean, <laughs> as we break this down and you kind of look at it, and everyone wants them to fire Colleton because he's, the, you know, he's the most obvious um, scapegoat on this. But, it's a symptom of a problem. Yeah, I mean, they, they fired a coach last year. Did it help? No, it didn't. So is firing a coach this year going to help? Maybe, probably not. Um, you know, you, you have to, you can't keep changing the same things over and over and over again, somewhere along the line, you have to figure out that maybe the problem is not just that one thing you keep switching. And I think in this case, you know, maybe Bowman's time has expired. It's time to move on from him. And I've been a big proponent of them going out and getting Mark Hunter. I think that, you know, that guy brings along young players through, and he's got a, 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 you know, he's got an eye for young talent that he brings through organizations and he's out there and he's available. And that's, I think that's a guy that they should be really going for instead of just blowing smoke up everybody's ass about, you know, this, this, whatever one goal bullshit that they're doing right now Um, that you, you got to start making some moves. I also, I also think it may not just be the GM because my belief is that Bowman has been part of a very hmm, uh, cluttered management structure um, I think that yep. I think that a more thorough house cleaning is needed. I think that they should be looking at, you know, the Al McIsaacs and a lot of these functionaries that are around in the front office. You know, you got Scotty Bowman, who's 85 years old. God bless him. But I mean, not sure how much he's contributing at this point. And frankly, you know, he's kind of keeping Stan Bowman employed, I guess. And maybe that's part of, that's part of the problem. So I think, you know, the Hawks have a very. Um, a very um, what's the word I want to look for? Elaborate management structure, and it, it extends into hockey ops. And I just think I, I think that they they not only need to change GMs, but I think they they may need to sort of change how they allow the GM to operate um, because this is a rebuilding job now. You know, this is what Dale Talon did from 2005 to 2000 to 2009 when he was relieved of his, of his duties. But that's when a lot of that foundational work was done, and that's what what this is. And they need somebody who can come in and do that. And and I just, I'm not sure it's Bowman. And if it is Bowman, he, he's not. He's never been allowed to really operate very freely. I I, I don't think so. I think, no, and I I can't believe I can't believe that it would be Bowman. Uh, you know, by himself. I mean, basically, with the with with the whole thing about you know the perpetual non rebuild that they have going on here. Um, I mean, these, these seem like business decisions, not, you know, uh, roster decisions. And right. you got to think that Bowman's getting that, that directive from somewhere above him. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, could they use a change? Sure. If they fire their GM, if they admit the rebuild, are they going to re-sign guys like Leonard? Who knows? I don't know. It's just, yeah. the whole thing is a dumpster fire. I, I'm just so upset. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's good and it's getting out of control too. You're in the right place, Chris. Yeah, it, it's getting yeah, out of control. I mean, it's like a clown car. It's like a clown car driving the wrong way in a one-way street, and the head clown's driving high on angel dust. <laughs> I've used that analogy before, but I'm, I keep going back to it because that's the best way I can describe the dysfunction that this organization has right now. I, I'm not sure what the solution is. You know, I can sit here and cry about it till I'm blue in the face, but it's not going to solve anything. I don't know what the solution is. They've, they've really handcuffed themselves and I, I, I don't know how they're going to get out of it, but it's just excruciatingly painful as a fan. 
And I come here and find you playing hee-haw with the fuck-around gang. <laughs> That's my new favorite <laughs> sound clip for uh, for the Blackhawks franchise. Because it fits so perfectly. Um, yeah, it's uh, a mess. I promised I would come on and rant, and no, I went on a couple of rants. <laughs> no, that's fine. Stuff. We love it. I love it. <laughs> this is Rant Central, buddy. You're, yeah. you're <laughs> we're always the ones that are branded the negative ones, and, and uh, you know we're too hard on the Blackhawks. But look where they are now, right now, and we're mad because they're in this position. We don't want them to be in this position. We wanted them to make smarter moves and not get to this position. But here we are. So um, you know there was a I method to our madness. I really think though that the the big the big problem is the is the big money contracts with the no movement clauses on, on the veteran players. Because here's the thing. I mean, I think you're starting to see in some of the body language of the Canes and the Taves, you know, who are you know, twenty one million dollars a year between them, they're starting you you could just tell that they're they're getting fed up. I mean, you could see the body language. And, you know, so maybe it is it does take, you know, moving Colton out and again, not blaming him, but just, you know, the fact that it is very possible that he's lost these guys and, you know, maybe Mark Crawford who, you know, let's face it. There's a, there's a, there's like a, a mill of, you know, NHL head coaches who move from job to jobs to job. And he's one of those guys, but the, the bottom line, he has some uh, credibility as an NHL head coach. And, um, you know, yeah, he can play an up-tempo style and, um, you know, get so so maybe there's you know the reinvigoration, and he knows how to get in touch with the with the veteran players, and perhaps they, they you know they they you know move Boquist down back down to the AHL, or you know maybe he catches fire too, or you know, but it just seems like that you know maybe they can they can get this thing going and, and this year with these veteran players if they make a change. But again, it begs a question: you've changed coaches now twice in two years, and if they if they don't make it. God help them. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you that if, if they do change it out, it's got to be a veteran. I mean, you got you got these uh, veteran guys on the team. You know, the core they basically pissed excellence their entire careers, right? Um, except for the last couple of years, of course. But I mean, they they pissed excellence. They had they were coached by uh, you know one of the one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. Yeah. Um, and then you bring a young guy in. I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think, Hey, like there might be a problem there and there might be some communication issues there. Um, or they, I mean, maybe they don't respect him. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, but uh, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that far off to say that that, that could be a concern. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like there's solves that. Right. Yeah. And look at the way the Brent Seabrook thing was. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Uh, the Brent Seabrook situation with him being scratched and claiming that, you know, he wasn't talked to and then Colleton claiming he was talked to and back and forth. Like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. Long car. Yeah. So, you know, and I, you know, listen, at this stage, at this stage, scratching Brent Seabrook doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, to me, but the bottom line is, um, a guy who's Seabrook's age, who was his, I believe, the same draft year as Seabrook, was drafted behind Seabrook, doesn't have the three rings, you know, tell Seabrook you're, you're sitting, you know, and the, the, while, while the, you know, the vast, the vast majority of Hawk fans and the Hawk blogosphere have all decided Seabrook sucks and he's done, I don't think Seabrook sees it, sees it that way. And he doesn't. The, he clearly that, doesn't. You're, you're going to create not just problems with him, but other veterans who are loyal to him and look up to him, 
you're going to create an, an issue there when you when you start healthy scratching him, especially especially if you're playing guys that are 18, 19 years old who are making mistakes that are shown that that aren't necessarily getting talked about by Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek because they're not supposed to talk about it. But the bottom line is it's this is how hockey is. I mean, these younger guys have to prove themselves. The older guys are going to be given a lot of slack by their teammates because of what they've done. And I, I understand there's a lot of people like that's BS. It shouldn't be that way, but it is how it is. And I think so things like that also, I think, and who knows, who knows what's going on in the dressing room? Who knows what Colleton is trying to do? And the players are looking at it and going, this shit's not working. I mean, I, and I, I suspect there's some of that going on too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the, the, the dynamic of a hockey team is a lot like the dynamic of, you know, what goes on in your office. Yep. You know, and Brent Seabrook is like that veteran guy that everyone looks up to and everyone respects, whether he's playing, you know, whether he's, he's doing what he should be doing in his day-to-day job, you know, because he's getting older or he's heading towards retirement or whatever. He's not to the level that he once was, but he's still looked at as like that leader, that guy, you know, everyone, the young guys look at him like that and now he's being scratched and, and it's, it's causing a lot of discontent in there. And I'm not saying that they should not have, uh, healthy scratched him because he quite frankly is you know a shadow of what he used to be and he's he's become you know on the back end he's he's slow and he looks like he's wearing cinder blocks and his skates and you know all that stuff but you know what you at this point you got to find a way to put him on the third pair and limit his uh you know kind of shelter him a little bit unfortunately because you signed him to this contract that uh you you thought was all great and good and well but um, you know, you got to buy them out. I yeah. mean, it's it, it's a it's a really difficult situation, and, and again, it speaks to the um, you know almost impossible nature of trying to you know still compete around these veteran guys, but rebuild at the same time. It's just almost it's really almost impossible to do. And again, I just feel like the Hawks are trying to do this because it's it's politically easier and probably better for their careers that they not do it head on and just say, we got to rebuild and tear it down and pay the price. But, you know, I, I think it's time for fans to stop falling for, well, let's just blame whatever, whoever's the coach right now and ig- ignore the fact that, that the organization has been floundering for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you admit that it's a rebuild, maybe some of those harder conversations with some yep. of those NMC guys become somewhat easier and somewhat yep. more manageable because, they don't take it personally, then, you know, they understand that it's coming from the organization that, hey, you know, thanks for the ride, but it's time for change. Well, and you know what? I said this last year and and I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I got the usual chirps from the morons on Twitter, uh, but I felt like a prime candidate to get traded at the trade deadline last year was Duncan Keith. Sure, he's got a no movement clause, but I'm going to say this. The way this situation is now. You're going to find some of these veteran guys, especially if there are teams interested in them at the trade deadline. Um, you know, there some of these guys are going to be more willing to waive because and I, you know, and I said this the other day, too, that, you know, when they when they healthy scratch Seabrook, if you want to if you want a surefire way to get Seabrook to waive, assuming somebody would trade for him, keep healthy scratching him. He will. Trust me. Yeah. And and you, yeah. you brought up the bio thing, which uh 
financially wouldn't help the Blackhawks, but maybe at some point just opening up that roster spot might help the Blackhawks, you know, even if they're going to still have to eat that salary because the salary cap's going to go up and all, you know, we, we, we know all about that and they may be on the hook for a lot of money, but um, you know, that, that roster spot is going to get to be pretty important for the Blackhawks to be able to fill with a player that can actually make a difference. Yeah. down the road yeah i mean that ian mitchell kid looks pretty good uh, i don't know where he's going to slot in or when he's going to come up but he's i mean all signs are pointing to him being a, a roster player fairly soon sooner rather than later right yeah, yeah and, he's a right hand and he's a right-handed shot um i think this this guy um that they got regula or whatever his name is yeah regula regula um yeah. Uh, he's a right-handed shot. I believe, I believe Vlasic is a right-handed shot. Maybe not. Those, those are some big boys. I forgot about Vlasic, man. Those are some big D men. Yeah. But well, there, uh, there are that, you know, allegedly, allegedly the, uh, the pipeline, the strength of the pipeline is, is on the blue line. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I think, I think there's something to that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you would think that they've explored, you know, what would it take, to, to really tear this thing down and do a full rebuild. And maybe they have explored it. And they're like, nah, we'll just, we'll just stick to this sort of halfway thing. I don't know. It's, it's like, like you were saying, Chris, it's, it's, there's no easy way to see out of this right now. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll just keep, we'll just keep, uh, keep pimping those attendance numbers and hope no one notices that the seats are becoming more and more empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we've been talking a lot about the bad stuff, but there are, you know, some promising things maybe for years down the road. Alex Nylander looks like he may be turning into an, an actual NHL player. Kirby Doc looks like maybe, you know, at some point down the road, he may be, you know, a, a new foundational player for the Blackhawks. Adam Brokvist looks like he may possibly be able to, you know, step in the lineup next year or the year after and actually be, you know, that, uh, you know, player that makes a difference on the back end. So there are some nice young players in the system that the Blackhawks can come along, but between these young guys that are very green, making a lot of mistakes, they're throwing them in, you know, these weird situations where they're going to, they're going to screw up. And then you got the, you've got the veterans that are, you know, 30 plus uh, some 35 plus um, in the middle. You don't have a lot right now. I don't think, you know, it's just a, a bunch of depth players, a bunch of guys. Uh, yeah. I think they need some guys in the middle, you know, in their third or in their mid twenties, mid to late twenties, that can actually make a difference, be a leader on this team. And I think that's where they're lacking some leadership uh, in that middle of that lineup. It's just young and old and nothing yeah. in the middle. You know, so, they would, unfortunately those, sorry, go ahead. that kind of guy, I guess, or sod. Shaw, give me a break. Mr. Fourth oh, line, no. uh, fourth, $4 million player right now. No, but I think they would argue those are the you know Shaw, Shaw and Saad, both of whom were were drafted in 2011. You know, they're so they're sort of in that age range, and I, I'm a I'm a Brandon Saad fan. You know, but uh, I think I I don't know. I I think that uh, again, the problem is all the money in the in the in the big contracts to the veterans and the no movement clauses. Yep, that's exactly what the problem is. You know, you take that uh, that almost seven million that Seabrook's costing you. That's where those uh, that's where those mid to late twenty guys uh, would come in with that kind of money, yeah. Yep. Um, and yep. and that's that's the difference. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even mention uh, Dominic Kubelik where I did earlier in the show, but I mean, he's looking like he might be an NHL player too. I mean, we don't know anything. We're only like, you know, 15 games in, but he looks like he could be something for the Blackhawks. So that's good too. Don't get me wrong. There's things like there's things I really love about Alex Nylander and his efforts some nights, and his, he's got talent. He's it's undeniable. Got a lot uh, of talent. Sure, I mean, and you know, Boquist. Yeah, you can see the talent there. But the thing is, is that, that that people need to understand is that talent. You know, a talented 18, 19 year old player. There's still a lot that they need to learn to be an every night player, an effective every night player in the NHL, and you can't just flick a switch and drop them in there and and they're going to do it overnight. It just doesn't work that way. And, you know, for every, you know, Alex to who makes the jump relatively quickly, although he struggled for a while at first um, for every one of those guys, there are other guys where it takes a while. And, um, you know, because you've you know, and additionally with a guy like, like Boquist, he's just got to adjust to living in North America on top of it, you know? So it's, it's just it's just going to take time, and and you, you, it's hard for these for some of these guys they can learn in the NHL, but for some of them they're better off playing at the at the lower levels until they until they're really ready. Yeah, they're they're fun to watch though, man. They're some of these some of these kids have some some real oh. real great talent, and yeah, uh, I've really been true. impressed with yep. Nylander, too. Nylander, uh, you know, he started off kind of kind of rough, and then they benched him, and he's really come he's really come back. Uh, like a much better player since they since they benched him. I think he's he's back checking. He's skating a lot better. He's 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 skating a lot harder um, since they benched him. I mean, he's I, I do I like the guy. I mean, it really sucks to you know get rid of what you had to get rid of to get him, but um, that's the name of the game. And I, I think he's I think he has the potential to still be a a good solid player for this team going forward. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Moving forward a little bit, um, you know, there's going to be the Christmas, you know, the holidays and all that stuff's going to go on. And, you know, it's not looking super promising for what the Blackhawks have to offer fan, the fan base uh, altogether. Um, so you're going to have the trade deadline coming up and, you know, that's going to be big. Um, you know, the Blackhawks, I mean, I cannot see them being buyers by any, you know, in any stretch of the imagination. So they're going to have to start selling some things off. Um and I didn't even put this in the outline, but it just kind of, it kind of came to my mind. I mean, what can what can what what do we think is going to happen around that trade deadline? Who are they going to sell off? I mean, I think the question starts with you know the conversation we had earlier about admitting whether or not it's a rebuild and having those tough conversations that need to happen. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, probably. Sod and Keith are probably the most tradable assets that are realistic to be traded, right? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I tell you, if uh, if Crawford gets his game a little under control and uh, could stay healthy, um, I, I I really think that they're going to that somebody who needs a goalie, maybe a playoff team that's had a goalie go down. Um, and, and could fit them in under the cap, I think. And, you know, they may send, they may send a contract back too. Um, I could see, I could see Crawford going again. It depends if he's healthy or not. And if he plays better than he's played so far, otherwise I think the best you'd get for him is, is a late sort of conditional draft pick. But at that point, you know, if, especially if Leonard is, is really solidified things, um, I don't see what you'd have to lose by trading away the last six weeks of Crawford's contract, basically, 
um, to to a playoff bound team, give him a chance to maybe go out on a high note because this could be the, his last year too. Yeah, and I love Uncle Al Samaglio, but he the other day he said they should trade both Liner and Crawford, and I'm like, no, I'm like that will surely get you the first overall pick. But um, I, I don't, I'm not gonna let go of Liner uh, at this point no. in time. You've got him oh, under your. Who are you going to replace him with? I mean, the, the only other like big free agent is going to be Holtby. You're not going to be signing 30 year old Holtby. Right. You have no a chance, way, man. You have a chance to lock up a quality, perhaps top 10 goaltender in the NHL at 28 years old. This guy seems to like being in Chicago, at least so far. Um, he's playing, he's at the top of his game. He's got his act together, he's got his life together. You go out and you, you extend him for five years minimum and and pay him on january 1st yeah for sure lock him in lock him in because you know and i believe this i do believe that championships are built from the goal out and i think you know i think in 2010 the hawks could have had gate playing goalie and they still would have won a cup i don't know about that (laughs) otherwise i think i think that you know you you got to get the goalie position and then you got to have those rock solid defenders um, you know, the Adam Boak, there's a place for the Adam Boakfist and the Ian Mitchells, but they need the Nicholas Jalmersons and the young Brent Seabrooks too. And they're going to, they're going to have, and maybe, maybe, uh, Vlasic is one of those guys, maybe, you know, we'll see. But then, then you get those guys and then from the, and then the, down the middle, the center position, depth, quality, you know, guys who can play physical hockey and defend. Um, then, you know, then you worry about the wings, but, um, right now, the one thing you've got is you've got this goalie, 28 years old, playing great, seems to like being here. Get that locked in and, and then sort the rest of it out. And he's in your organization already. So, you yeah. know, you, you can yeah. you can negotiate with him now. You've got all this stuff. Like, don't let him go. You let him go. Right. I mean, I don't – you let Rob Leonard go, and, and everyone fantasizes about this. Well, you could just trade him and re-sign him back. That, okay. that rarely ever happens. Not going to happen. Yeah. And look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, everybody's like, oh, they lost Panarin. That's why they suck. You know, they're, they're relying on Jonas Corposalo and some dude named Elvis Merzlikens right now. And it's, it's guys, it's not pretty. And they, you know, they had their goalie, but they didn't get a blocked up long term. And frankly, I would argue the Blue Jackets had a much difficult, much more difficult uh, challenge in locking up Obrowski long term because he's a Russian. He didn't really want to be in central Ohio. Um, he wanted to be on the coast. He won't, you know, probably wanted to play with more Russian players, all those things. They weren't going to sign him. I think Leonard would like to be in Chicago. And, you know, it's a big market. It's it, There's, you know, there's all this history with the team. The, the Hawks would be insane if they let him go. Yeah, I agree. Get, get good heavy metal concerts here. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. I could, I could, uh, you know, I could, I could take him to a couple. <laughs> I got some connections. You could be his escort. <laughs> yes, for sure. And we were both big fans of the same band, so we're yeah, both goalies. Add you to the signing package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we pretty much nailed everything. Is there anything else you want to you uh, we missed, uh, John? No, we could we could go we could continue to yeah, go off on angry rants about the Hawks. I could do that for another couple hours, but. Probably, you know, it'll just depress everybody and the suicide rate will go up tomorrow. So no. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Chris, thanks for uh, joining us uh, for this uh, rant cast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. I really, uh, really had a good time. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. And uh, if of you, course. Uh, 
And if you need some more uh, some more anger and some more uh, rant time, just let me know. I'm uh, I'm around. Awesome, cool. All right. Well, um, I guess with all that said, we're going to wrap this up. I'm not feeling well, and uh, we got to get out of here for the night. So, um, I don't. I, the one the one plug I wanted to uh, to plug. Uh, we talked about it last uh, ringcast. Is Justice for Laura. Is uh, there's a uh, a Facebook page. It's um, facebook.com slash justice, the number four, Laura S. Um, there's a lot of information on there. I've posted it. It's on my Twitter account. Uh, it's uh, pinned to the top. Uh, my wife's aunt was, uh, you know, the victim of a very violent attack. And uh, she lost her health insurance because of it, because she wasn't able to work. Uh, she was, uh, the, you know, I'll, I'll let you do the searching, you know, on, on Google but uh, it was covered nationally in People Magazine, all kinds of stuff about what happened. It was just very unfortunate. Um, but we're going to be doing a benefit in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you want to go, they have GoFundMes and they have all that stuff. You can uh, donate and do all that stuff. Um, it's going to be, uh, I think it's in two weeks. Um, but go check it out on Facebook. All the information is there. There's a flyer with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, links and stuff like that on there. So please go check that out if that's the kind of thing, you know, you, you want to... Uh, you know, donate to, we would appreciate that. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate uh, that it happens, but, you know, thanks to uh, our boy Shy Sox History and Jake Martin for all the help that they've given, uh, you know, our, our old writer, uh, Jake Martin, mm -hmm. uh, for, for all the support and everything that, that they've given over this. Uh, it was a very unfortunate situation and no one asked for it. And, uh, but we're, here we are in the middle of it. So, yeah, check it out. Um, I don't want to bring everyone down. She's she's doing better, but uh, you know she still needs help. So, excellent. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you can find all of our comprehensive content on www.the-rank.com. That is the Blackhawks, the Ice Hogs, all the Blackhawks uh, stuff, and then also you have uh, the Colorado version of stuff that's going to be happening coming real soon. Uh, we're really the happy. Colorado at the rink. Colorado, no dashes or spaces. Yep. Um, those guys, you know, those guys are pumping out a lot of content already. Um, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, so it's not just, you don't have to be an Avs fan because they're providing a lot of coverage of the local colleges out there, including Hawk prospects, including Ian Mitchell. So uh, give those guys a follow um, on, on the Twitters. The Ring Colorado, at the Ring Colorado, no dashes, no spaces. Yep. Um, and also our guy Mario Tirabasi, at Mario Tirabasi. Um, you know, his, his Rockford coverage is cranked up as always. I mean, you know, he's all over it. He's talking to everybody up there. He's interviewing the coaches, um, and uh, a lot of good insights and a lot of, a lot of good information coming out of Rockford from, from Mario. So it's all part of the ring package, baby. Yeah. And a lot of you will recognize, you know, of course we always usually do the, uh, the war pays report. We didn't have one this week, but you know, Mario has been very busy and, uh, we'll have one next episode, but yeah, you know, he's, you know, he knows that team inside and out, so he's your your best uh, resource on uh, as far as the the Ice Hogs go. So, uh, yeah, Mario Mario's killing it. I want to give him a shout out too. I gave him one over the summer. Uh, you guys uh, did an awesome job there. The whole team did an awesome job in the off season. Thanks, man. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Chris. Yeah. So uh, our other writers as well. Yeah. Uh, Ron Luce, Rene Pientek, um, Sean Fitzgerald, who does our previews, Juliana Nikach who does some of our previews and some of our recaps and keeps us all grounded and not being a bunch of meatballs. Uh, we, we appreciate you and uh, definitely um, give all these people a follow. Our, 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 you know, group of writers is growing 
and uh, it's 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 exciting and and um, you know we, we keep hearing great things from fans you know about the the depth and the and of hockey coverage we're providing and uh, it's going to keep going. I mean, the Rink Colorado is just the first step and uh, a larger master plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give all of them a follow. If you go to the website there, if you look under the writers, um, I've put links to all of the Twitter accounts. Uh, everything's been updated with the Colorado division and everything. So you can find everything in one place. Go to the, the com. go to the writer's page. You can click on each one and get to their Twitter account. Give them all Eric follows. Andrews. So, uh, again, at the rink official at the ring cast, I'm at puck and hostel. You're at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L. And, of course, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us. You are Stash Esquire, E-S-Q. So it's S-T-A-C-H-E Esquire, E-S-Q, on Twitter. Um, and you're a great follow, too. So everyone make sure you follow Chris as well. Um, he's very fair. You know, he's not going to ruffle a whole lot of feathers. So, you know, go over yeah, and check it, it out. on the day. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I think it's to say that Chris is the official world traveler of the rank.com. Yeah, for sure. We already have a, an official power lifter of the rank.com. That's Big Joel from the Northwoods of Wisconsin. So that uh, job's taken. So we're going to give you the official world traveler. Hey, don't forget Pappy, too. I'll take the title. I'll take the title. Come for <laughs> me. Uh, come to me for your travel tips. I'll give you uh, right all the best uh, gulag locations in Budapest. Hook me, me up in, in Budapest. So. I mean, no specifics. You just said I'd like it, and I did. So, you're good. Very cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, also, uh, I, one last thing before we go. Um, if you get a chance, head over to iTunes, rate, review us. Even if you don't review us, just rate us. That helps us climb up the charts, helps more people see us. We get advertised to more people. It expands our fan base, and, uh, you know, it, it does. it's good for everybody. So, please uh, head over there and do that if you can. Good for everyone on the planet, so you have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So uh, with all that being said, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the rink.